Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wrestle, 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 wrestle. Building champions out of children. Welcome back to Mindset Monday. I'm Gene Zanetti. Jeff Zanetti with us also, as always, your coast-to-coast mindset coaches. Wrestling Mindset, number one wrestling-specific program anywhere in the world. We're back with another episode of Mindset Monday. We're talking about how to build your child into a champion. That's right. How How to turn your child into an Olympic gold medalist as quickly as possible. And that's the goal of any, and that's the goal of any well-respected father, isn't it? That's right. So the important thing is, again, we all get it. We're fathers too. We want our kids to do well. We want them to be successful. What are the tips that you give a, a father of young children or just children in general? What do they need? Step one, no doubt about it, it's perspective. You have to have perspective. Life is bigger than just wrestling. Wrestling needs to be a vehicle to help you succeed in school, your future career, your family, life. Okay, so remember this, a person would rather see a sermon than hear one any day. So if you want your kids to be a champion, it starts off with you being a champion or you you at least on a quest to bring out the most out of yourself. You can't be telling a kid about getting into shape if you're not trying at all to be in shape. You can't tell a kid to, um, you know, stop cursing, stop lying, stop gossiping, stop bragging if that's what you're doing. Whatever you'd like to see, that's the exact behavior that you need to have so your child will mimic you. He might not listen, he or she might not listen to you, but they are watching you. And a lot of lessons are caught, not taught. That's right. I was just talking to a, a father of a young wrestler, and I was using Kale as an example of, you know, things being caught, not, not necessarily taught. Or ideally both. They're caught and taught. Both. Right? That's really the goal. And I was talking about how, you know, they talk about having fun. They talk about being composed and staying calm. And it's like, it's one thing when most, most coaches and parents will say, just have fun out there, just wrestle, just compete. Right. It's like, but then, then actually showing that, you know, Kale's an example of if you want a guy to be calm and collected, calm, calm, cool, calm, cool, and collected, you try to act that way. You know, I'm not saying it's that easy, but he's a good example of, you know, well, we're not going to make a match special. Well, 
he's probably not giving the, the grand pep talk right before the guys wrestle in the national finals. You know, he's probably treating it more similarly to, than other, to other matches, right? So, and when he's in the corner or before the match or leading up to the match, you know, he's not giving him the rah-rah pep talks. And it's like, you know, he doesn't seem nervous or jittery or anxious, right? It's like, and that's a difficult thing for a coach or a parent, but really trying to show the emotions that you want your kid to feel, you know, that's an important thing. Right. So we're speaking about two things. When we're speaking about parenting your child, turning your child into a champion, it's what's going on in your preparation, your lifestyle, and then how you're treating things on match day. Right. I was going a little bit more into the into the yep. preparation, the lifestyle. You were going more into the performance, but they're both important. They're both massively important. So we're saying is that if you're if you have to you have to have. Yeah, we get it. You want your kid to do well. Your kid has to see that you are at least trying to better yourself and that you are at least trying to live the code. To the best of your ability, whatever that looks like, we get it. Nobody's perfect. You're going to make mistakes. We're all human, but you're you're on a path for self mastery, doing the best you can. If your kid sees that, he's likely to take a page from that and catch that lesson. That being said, like you said, it's also important. They do need to hear it explicitly, especially when we're talking about having good morals, being a being a good person, a quality human being. You're going to have to be explicit. You can't just see. A lot of times, the parents. They'll overcoach with wrestling and undercoach with life. No, no, no. Do the reverse. Your kid has your kid has coaches on the team. Likely your kid has coaches at the club as well. Probably multiple coaches on the team and at the club or multiple clubs. Right. Our, our grandpa always said, you know, your kid, you know, your kids have you're going to your kids will have a lot of friends in life. They got one father. Right. Sure. So the important thing is that we overemphasize life. And the big lessons, that's the role of the father yeah. or the mother. Yeah. And, and, and then as far as wrestling, you could undercoach that. That's where you said before about how, how Kale not getting himself overly worked up. Like clearly he's fired up for his personality, but he's not over. He's not over communicating the wrestling aspect. He does that in practice, not at the match day. Yeah, well, I'll dig into the perspective a little bit, too, where it's, you know, it's using wrestling for the right reason to build virtue, to build character. You know, a lot of people say it, but really doing it because you know, we, we have kids, we have sons, we want them to wrestle. You know, we want our daughters to play competitive sports when they're older too, right? We think, we know all sports are good. Wrestling is king, right? Wrestling is the best sport for, for our kids. We believe that, but also we don't have control of that. So you have to temper your expectations, right? You have to build virtue. So yes, if in doubt, I would, I'm going to, we're going to put our kids into our boys into wrestling, right? There's no question about that. That being said, um, you don't have complete control over that. One day, seventh grade, they might be wrestling for years and decide, I don't want to wrestle, right? Well, if you're building virtue, if you're building character, it's like, okay, well, let's apply all the things you learned in wrestling and all the virtue and character that you did develop from years of wrestling and apply that to the next thing, whether it's a sport, an instrument, you know, theater, um, whatever it is, academics, your job, your career, your relationships, let's keep growing. But if you're looking at it as just, success in wrestling, well, maybe you win the state title, and then what? You know, if you didn't really build virtue, of course, to win the states, you know, you're, you're probably going to have built some virtue and character, but if you weren't really looking to develop that in your life, you know, you could be in a very bad position after you're done wrestling, right? So looking at it from the right reason, build virtue, build character, and then use that in wrestling, and, and hopefully you stick with wrestling, but if not, you could still build off of that. If you're just wrestling to wrestle, there's not much to build off of that. Right. There's there's no question. There's a there's a special thing that wrestling does to a young boy, young girl, 
to build up that virtue and to prepare them for life in a way that no other sport can do it. And, and, the, and these, these young men and women who do, who, who do wrestle, you could see it. It just changes their character. It, it, it forges them in the fire, so to speak. So it's, you know, that's why you're in, the, in a great sport here and you want to keep them in the sport. And the fastest way to turn them away from the sport is to tell these boys and girls that it's all about winning or we have to do well. And all we're focusing on is success. No, no. We want to use the sport as a broken record again, use the sport as a vehicle to build virtue. So these men and women, as they grow up, they'll be more successful. Yeah. All right. We could dig into some more specifics. Youth mindset, youth wrestlers don't cut weight. Right. So we're talking fifth grade and under. They basically shouldn't be losing weight at all. Would you agree? Right. Great coach Valentin Kalika said those parents and those coaches should be locked up and thrown in jail who make the kids. Cut <laughs> right. weight. I didn't say it. He said it. And he's and you get no doubt about it. He's got a track record for success. But basically, you have a, you have a young, often prepubescent body that's not ready, not ready for that kind of a weight loss. These kids are cutting sometimes more, you know, a lot, a lot more weight percentage wise. And meanwhile, we know Olympians, the average body fat is seven to nine percent. I was just reading in the in one of the more recent international journals of wrestling science that the cutoff um, level for women at 12 percent body fat should actually be raised due to health. Right. I believe that was the that's the floor right now. Or maybe that's internationally the floor. Twelve percent body fat for women. They were saying that number should actually be raised out of safety. So and all these, you know, making a plug for them here. But um, International Journal of Wrestling Science. These are peer reviewed wrestling specific research articles. And we're so we're learning from the best. This is all evidence based. We're not making stuff up. This is research done all not just across the country, but across the entire world. And they're all talking about. Not all of them, um, the, the lessons, but some, a lot of them are dedicated to weight loss and the dangers of rapid short term weight loss. Right. And they're saying like even athletes as so even as they get older, there should still be a plan over time. But especially at the younger ages, it just keeps talking about these different articles, keep talking about how it messes the kid up. And even at the older ages, like I said, if it's a rapid weight loss, it's problematic. So at a young age, absolutely not. Remember this. I don't care who you are, how many times you won Tulsa or these tournaments, you're not that good. Okay. And it's not coming from me. Take it from Kenny Monday. He said it back in fifth, back in some kid came to him and said, and he was in fifth grade. He was like, you know, I'm ranked sixth in the country. And he told the kid point blank. He's like, you're, he's like, you're, you're you know, you're nine years old or whatever. You're not ranked in anything. <laughs> and, and he, and he gets it obviously yeah. like, yeah, they have win magazine and all these different rankings for the grasshoppers and everything. And we're not saying we're not guilty of it. Looking at it like, hey, who's who's age six and under for the weight class, thirty six pounds? Like, who's that? Who's that number one guy? Because that's who my son's got to beat. It's like you got to know. It just it doesn't matter. Like, I mean, the rankings don't matter in high school. They really don't matter at the at the young age. And the same thing with with weight class. Like, you got to get a lot better. And just think about it. How close we were to winning a state title our senior year, both of us. And you know, coming up short. And I think about sophomore year, spending a lot of time running. A lot of time running, uh, you know, thinking about weight, weight cutting when, again, frankly, I wasn't that good. Did I beat some local toughies? Sure. But I wasn't that good. There were still some serious holes in my game. Even, at, you know, even in high school, there were still some serious holes. So, I mean, your elementary, middle school, you know, you're, even if you're, <laughs> remember, even if you're a state or national champ, you're behind. You're really behind the eight ball in terms of you've got to get a lot better. So there's a lot of technical pieces that you have to work on. And remember this. Your kid, what do you want? You're trying to you're trying to champion a child prodigy, right? You're trying to 
turn a child prodigy into a champion. Well, he's, if he hates the sport by the time he's a sophomore and junior, and we see this every year, how many times do I talk to a kid who it's right before the senior, any of our mindset coaches, and they're thinking about quitting the sport. We're talking about people who were state finalists last year who should be foaming at the mouth, ready to go into their senior year like we were, just, you know, but, you know, biting the car seat where it's like, oh, you know, I want to get out there and wrestle. And meanwhile, these people, they're ready to quit. And that's, you know, are they really going to get it done? Probably not. Uh, most of them don't. So if, you know, if you're really in it for the kids' long-term success, you know, you don't want to drive them too hard at that age. And, and weight loss is the, weight cutting. That's the number one thing. In fact, when we tell, we talk to a wrestler and they're saying they're not enjoying the sport. First thing I would say is, okay, if you got to wrestle up one or two weight classes, what would you think? Almost everyone who's feeling like some kind of whatever burnout or anything. And then all of a sudden we talk about going up in weight. The weight lifts off their back. Why? Because they love the sport of wrestling and, and not the weight cutting. So if that's what our high school and college kids are saying. You better think again if you're in middle school or elementary school before even cutting a pound or two. That's crazy. That's right. Next point, skill development rather than a million moves. So I think it's something when you're younger, it's like that's the time to really we talk about gymnastics a lot. You know, see a lot of younger wrestlers doing judo, right? Jump, like doing a lot of jumps, just developing skills. Frank Molinaro, Zach Esposito, they, they have good youth, youth programs that I bought on uh, Fanatic Wrestling. Really good. And you look at those and it's like more than half of it is skill development. It's not technique. You know, it's making sure you could bridge, right? It's making sure you could do cartwheels and rolls and jumps. Because one day you're going to be, again, you're in high school, you're in college. You're going to wish that you have more physical skills, athletic skills, right? I think Jason Elf just posted physicality wins. He posted a video of him, you know, just basically outmanning some people in, in college. And, and those are the best time to develop that is when you're younger, right? Start doing that when you're younger, the technique you could learn. It's like, it's not saying technique's not important and you could learn technique when you're younger. It's just, you, you can learn it much quicker once you're, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth grade. It's very difficult to teach kids most kids, you know, kindergarten, first grade, second grade, those things become much easier to learn as you get older. So you're better off, you know, gymnastics, jumps, flexibility, um, plyometrics, things like that. Right. You go back to Andy Horvat and um, as well as um, and, and also Jake Herbert, Andy Horvat and um, they base wrestling. Right. We, we printed it out. You have the, those great videos that are up on YouTube. A lot of people doing a lot of real good work out there with this with this area. Just understanding that before you become good at wrestling, you need to learn the ABCs of, of body movements. And that's why gymnastics is a great foundation and playing multiple sports. Another thing you see in these International Journal of, of Wrestling Science is that at the later levels, it's the kid who played multiple sports when they were younger. OK, so, yes specialization has some success at the youth level, but as it goes long-term, you're actually more likely, you're, you're less likely to, to sustain an injury, an overuse injury, if you're playing multiple sports as a kid, and you're also like to, likely to be more motivated as you get older. Oh, big surprise. Makes a lot of sense. And I, I was starting to, to chuckle a little bit before because I thought of an inside joke. We talk about it. One of the things we always say, it's like with the wrestlers, it's like, you got to show me some speed. We want to see some speed. <laughs> Who's going to be a good wrestler? It's like, who's, you know, this guy, it's a look at this guy, look at that guy. And what do we say? Speed, right? So show me, show me some speed. What's that really about though? What we're really talking about is these quote unquote intangibles, things that a lot of people look at as can't be taught, right? 
That's that's not entirely true. Of course, some people are naturally more explosive than others. You take like a Jordan Burroughs, very naturally explosive. Jordan Burroughs spends a lot of time working on plyometrics, a yeah. lot of time. So now when you have a freak who's also training, who's also training his fast twitch muscle fibers. Good luck beating someone like that. But the point is, in exercise science, even if you have slow twitch muscle fibers, you can't change the muscle distribution of your slow twitch to fast twitch muscle muscle fibers. You kind of are where you are there. But you can get your slow twitch muscles to behave as if they were fast twitch muscle fibers. How do you do it? Training, plyometrics, right? And and what is what all goes into this? Everything that we were saying before about being able to have the the agility, being able to to cut, move your body quickly, um, flips, rolls, and, and and all of this. So the, these athletic movements. That's why you want to learn the ABCs of of body movement. And once you can move your body well, and you could do acrobatic things with your body, you're set up for any sport that you want to do, as opposed to, and I'm sure you've all seen this at home too, or maybe you've lived through this, where you, you see these athletes, these wrestlers, they have good technique, they know what they're doing, but we're lacking speed. We're lacking explosiveness. You, you don't look, you look at Kidia, he's a good, a good wrestler. And then some kids you look at, you're like, this kid's an athlete. And it's very, it's, it's a lot easier to take an athlete and make them into a wrestler than to take a wrestler and turn them into an athlete. I'm not saying don't spend time on wrestling. You have to spe- like as you get older, especially the later middle school years, you do need to start specializing. Yet later, like the seventh, eighth grade, you probably do need to start specializing. Um, not saying you couldn't be wrestling year round, but you should be playing other sports as well. You got to learn how to move. You got to be able to, you know, jettison your body from from one spot to the other spot, and that takes time. It's a skill you have to develop. We look at strength training too much as pumping weight you know, and all this as opposed to no, it's like, how high can you jump? I remember thinking in the past, if someone ever came up to me in the gym and asked me how high I jumped, I would honestly think they have a problem. But, <laughs> but you know what? It might be more for wrestling. How far can you jump? I think that's one of the things Andy Rovat said, just, just looking at a broad jump. He's like, he could probably see who's the best on their feet in the room by doing a broad jump. He's like, the guy who could broad jump the furthest is usually the best at getting to the legs because I mean, that's, Essentially, what it is when you're you got to throw yourself to get to the leg, especially against good competition. So he said he has guys do that before, and um, you know he'll be able to tell who's the best in the room a lot of times. Yeah, what, what Westside Barbell does, they train a lot of athletes. Also, they're probably ninety percent. I mean, they're the strongest powerlifters in the world, but they train probably ninety percent athletes over there at Westside. And what they do, just from a practical standpoint, just an ease of use, um, what they do, their plyometric days, they, their jumps, they do jumping onto a box. And it's very important because, you know, as you're what they found is that the, the athletes, as their box jump increases, so, too, does their speed on the on the on the field, whatever sport it is. And, and then they're just their explosiveness in general. That's also the argument against, quote unquote, bulking up. We get in the offseason. Let's bulk up. Well, OK, you put on 20 pounds. Now you're having a hard time jumping onto the same box that you were just at. So. We're, we're starting to sacrifice that speed. Yeah, you want to get stronger, but you, you don't want to sacrifice the explosion. So you got to you got to begin with the end in mind. As a kid, you want to be developing athletic movements. I tell I, I try to reiterate it in my young kids, my three and two year old. Their 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 mind is we say flips and splits and rings and ropes, and they just keep repeating it. So it's like yeah, they're they're thinking about it. A quick break from today's podcast. Wrestling season is here. Wrestling Mindset is the number one wrestling specific program anywhere in the world. This season, make sure to work with a wrestling mindset coach to get the mental edge so that you can build confidence, stay motivated, and bring out your best when it means the most. Wrestling Mindset works with hundreds of wrestlers and teams each year. 
We have a special offer this season for our podcast listeners. Go to our website at wrestlingmindset.com, click on the free trial session, type your name and information. In the last section, you'll see additional information. Type in podcast discount. Wrestlers will receive an $100 discount and teams will have a $200 discount for any team program. Again, go to wrestlingmindset.com, click on the free trial session, type in podcast discount under additional information. Wrestlers will receive a $100 discount in their first month and teams will receive a $200 discount in any team program. Get the mental edge today. Now back to our podcast. Yeah, the other thing I'm thinking about is just like a car, you have you have limited mileage on your body. You know, it's like at some point it breaks down. There's only so many drop steps you could do. You know, there's only so many there's only so many times you could you could pull in a leg or get extended in in a bar arm or on a shot. You know, that's the reality of it. And it's like, you know, everyone it's a little bit different. So you have to you have to train smart, but also not specialize too early. There's risks with that, right? I think they're finding actually that that freshmen that come into to college now are better off not redshirting because they're, you know, if they do redshirt, they're more likely to sustain an injury that affects their career that impacts them negatively, you know? So your body's kind of like that car, like you have limited mileage. You think about a guy like Jordan Burroughs or Kyle Dake or David Taylor, it seems like they've been wrestling forever. Well, if they were still competing 150 matches a year for the last like 10 years, you know, if they were cutting weight and had to make weight 30, 40, 50 times a year, you could rest assured they would not be wrestling today. You know, yeah. their body would have broken down. Again, the, sh- the shout out to Dave Kirby over at International Journal of Wrestling Science. I was reading this the other night, too, where it's I mean, for, for international wrestling, it's so broken down. It's not even funny because you have standardization now across all countries. And it's and it's pretty simple that at the elite level, every two point one hours that you have of competitive wrestling in a match equals an injury on average. 2.1 hours of, 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 of competing in competition, you're getting hurt at, at that point, roughly. So that's why at the, at the later ages, they're minimizing competition. The international model, it's like, you know, competition every, every two months or so, or, or whatever it is. It's like, they're not, they're not, yeah. yeah, they're not, they're not grinding it out. Like we're doing now. I get it. You have to, you have to wrestle, but you also have to protect your body. The point is this now, imagine how much you're wearing your body down as a kid. We're talking about children here. So that's why it shouldn't be a whole lot of, oh, you're, you're constantly dropping to your knees and knee pound, knee pound, all this. It's like you're jacking your body up. It's like that at the, at the later ages you get hurt, build out, build a solid foundation of the ABCs of athletic movements through some of these great programs. Some of these wrestlers are putting out and gymnastics, and then you'll be ready to go less likely to get hurt. And it's going to be more fun. And guess what? Once you learn the technique, you're going to jump levels very quickly because you have that athletic base where some of these other people, they, they know the technique. And what are they lacking? Speed. Speed. <laughs> Speed. How about how about competition? So that's another one we should touch on. Um, you know, I know a lot of people have a lot of different opinions on competing when you're younger. I just watched, I think it was Wrestling Changed My Life, the podcast. Chase Pammy was on there and he was talking about, you know, he's really against, you know, a lot of competition for wrestlers under eight. You know, I know that's something that we share. It's like part of it is maybe not wanting to spend too many too many days at a wrestling tournament as, as we already are with our business. Right. But it's like, I also think it's like, personally, it's like my kids being in, in kindergarten, first grade, it's like they, on a, on a weekend, they could get more out of a half hour, you know, practice than they can out of, you know, wrestling three matches, four matches at a youth tournament. That's it's, it comes down to philosophy, right? That's every kid's a little different too. So it's not like kids can't compete. Cause you see a ton of younger kids that are, 
having success doing that. But then there's also the chance you have the kids that, you know, they lose, they're too immature to handle it. And then they don't want to wrestle again. And it's really hard to get them back in there once they really hate something. Go ahead. It looks like you got some kind of official document you want to go through. <laughs> I wasn't even planning on going into these journals, but I just have them on the I just have them on my desk because I go through it. But again, remember, we love this stuff. All right. This is this is I mean, this is exactly the kind of thing. This is this is what we're talking about here. Iran, their national sport is wrestling. Okay, this is the development of elite elite wrestling athletes in Iran and exactly what they're looking at. And remember, national sport. Okay, so it, it actually will tell you what are the long term the long term they're talking about long term athlete development LTAD. They like to have a funny acro, uh, you know an acronym to make it um okay. So when they have ten key factors: the fundamental, specialization, developmental age, trainability, physical, cognitive, mental, and emotional development, periodization, competition calendar of planning, the ten year rule, system alignment and integration, and continuous improvement, psychological stature, and then it's and then it says um. For optimal development, five skills, structure, stature, psychology, substance, or sustenance, schooling or stress, and sociocultural. I know a lot of words, but then they make it very practical from all the age groups. So we were saying before, active start, ages zero to six. The participant, from age zero to six, they're a learning machine full of curiosity, always on the move. Um, short attention span, they need a lot of variety. Social play with other children develops gradually. Um, child imitates parents a lot. So the child's going to be looking to imitate what you're doing, right? A uh, limited ability to grasp rules of games, yeah. right? So it's just important to know. So it says, coach, what should the coach do? So that was for the participant, the coach. It says pa parents, family, and teachers are coaches at this stage. Allow room for exploration, risk-taking in a safe environment. Promote physical activity, healthy eating at home. Role modeling is important. Provide short duration, rapid changing activities and lots of breaks. Let the child's attention span dictate the, the, um, dictate the interest, dictate the activity. Then it says for the program, this is zero to six years old. Daily activity, minimum 30 minutes a day for toddlers, 60 minutes for preschoolers. Fun activities on land, in the water and air and sliding on snow and ice. What are they talking about with the air? <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I guess I throw my kid up in the air. Kind of trampoline, I guess. Trampoline. Encourage running with stops, starts, and changing directions. Catching and throwing games using a wide variety of soft objects, balls of all different sizes. Start with two hands, then progress to right and left hand catches. Balance. Jump, slither like a snake. Roll like a rolling pin. Use hands, feet, other body parts to balance. Push and jump. Ride a tricycle or bike. Oh, and then for wrestling, it says allow non-aggressive tumbling and play wrestling as long as you can see smiles and hear laughter. It's a good, good way of looking at it. Now, that's just for zero through six. OK, so now they have the same exact thing. The participant, the coach, the development and the program for ages six through nine, 10 through 12, 12 through 16, 17 through 20, 21 plus. And then just know what to do when they enter at any age. So, I mean, this is broken down, man, and this is it's telling you exactly what you should be doing, what you should be thinking about and, and how to develop the kid. And, and just some of the overviews that I got here is the chronological age. A lot of in some in some of these characteristics, their chronological age, their numerical age matters. But in other in other respects, their mental and emotional development age is more important in dictating some of these activities. So don't just think, well, my kid's 10 and all the other 10 year olds do this. No, no. 
The research isn't saying that. They're saying, yes, there's two different types of ages, your chronological age and then your mental emotional age. And a lot of times, even if you're a late bloomer with mental and emotional age, you could still be really good if you don't have a psycho parent who's trying to push you in the wrong direction and we're trying to help you. So you're not that. Let the other parents do that. You don't make that mistake. Now, we don't want anyone to make that mistake. That's right. So do we compete or we don't compete when we're younger? What age? <laughs> Smile, smiles and laugh. Smiles and laugh. There, uh, there was nothing here about competing below six years old. So I would, I would take that as a no for Iran. Um, yeah, I wouldn't see that. The program. Now, let's see the program for six through eight, six through nine. What, I, what I've noticed, what, I, what I've observed is clearly the parents like it a lot more than the kids do. At a, at a young age, at it's these a, even six six through eight or nine says it says wrestling related activities, so it's not necessarily ruling it out. Let the athlete experiment with concepts of balance, center of gravity, leverage, and strength in games. Allow non aggressive tumbling and play wrestling, judo lessons to experience a basic combat sport ut utilizing in similar principles. So it's not you know it's not saying you you can't do it. Um, it's it's. Just make sure make sure they're enjoying it. That's the main thing. It's like if you have to basically if you have to really push a kid to go to a tournament, he's not ready for it. Just wait wait till the next year. You know, a competition. It says here for um, look at the look at when you talk about this for um, what's his program? Yeah, program. So once you get once you get to ages ten through twelve, competition. It says festival environment. It says competition, festival environment, modified rules, match conditions, one plus events per year, um. One, one plus event, one plus events per year. So it's more festival style. It's, you know, you're almost like going to a picnic together. It's almost like a, um, you know, a fun, like cultural gathering. Then, you know, 12 through 16, what's it, what's it saying here? Again, I, you know, I wasn't planning on bringing this. So it no, says no. Um, for 12 through 16, it says here, regional and provincial competition. Introduce national later in stage. Build success through selected competitions, 10 to 20 matches a year. <laughs> 12 through 16. Yeah, the, the reality is even, you know, even when you get there, it's like there's so much wrestling to develop. When, when you think about tournaments, you know, any six, seven, eight-year-old, it's like there's so much they need to learn in terms of wrestling that the competition is just not that important. You know, you could do it. If, if they're enjoying it, if it's fun, that's great. You know, but it's not it's not an imperative. You have to bear in mind here, too, what these people are looking at as being the very best in the world. So, like, some of these, you might have, like, if, depending, it's like, you know, if the kids where, where the kid is at, I mean, you're, you know, you're looking at these people are looking at Olympic champions. So they're they're looking at like, OK, when they start getting extremely intense, you see 17 through 20, they're saying regional and provincial competition introduce national at a later stage. So they're, they're looking at like at age 17. It's like now you're doing nationals. So no, they're not looking at state. They're, they're not looking at state champs. We, we no, no, it's, no, no. They, you know, it's, well, 12 through 16, they they said regional and provincial competition introduce national later in stage. So that's it. Seems like they're saying like, yeah, by the time 12, 16, it seems like we're going like 15, 16. What are so actually moving towards national competition? What did Trey say about it years ago? We had a conversation with our mindset coach Trey. The yeah, conversation you got to have, right? Yeah, I said if you want to be a state champ, you got to start the kid at five years old. He said if you want to be a national, if you want to be an Olympic champ, we got to hold you back for for a while. Hold you back in the sense of you know you're gonna get you're gonna put you're gonna get serious about wrestling when you're like 12 or 13 or possibly even 15 or 16 years old. Now we're not saying that. The point is just remember there's the point is there's a ton of research out about this and and you think you have it right. You know you're thinking like oh middle school how much they should be competing. It is really not that much. Again when you're looking at the Iranians they're you know they're saying 10 to 20 matches per year. Yeah, there's right? so much to learn. Again I just go back to 
the skills that we talked about. And then when you get into the technique, when you get deeper in the technique, there's just so many specific positions and technique to learn that it's like you could keep busy with that and playing a lot of games and wrestling from there. That becomes way more important. Again, I was talking to a parent before with a young, with a young wrestler, and it's like if you're worried about the match times, you could get that. Like it's not easy. If you needed your kid to have some actual math time in tournaments, it's not that hard to get 100 matches in a year if, if you needed to do that. But I just wouldn't do that in elementary school. <laughs> I just wouldn't recommend that. And then uh, the, the other thing I got to bring up here is just realizing as a parent, you're not in control. You know, you could be telling them all the right things. You could be trying to make, you know, have the, make them have fun doing this. But, you know, at the end of the day, you're not in control, right? It's like you're, it's, it's for them. You know, you might be telling them all the right things, but they don't want to do it. You know, and that's, that goes back to the virtue that goes back to the character. You know, if you're, you're learning technique, if you're a wrestler, if you're, you know, if you're learning these skills as a wrestler, and you're building virtue and character, then it doesn't matter. You know, seventh grade, your kid says, hey, I don't want to wrestle. I just don't like it anymore. You know, it's like, you know, yeah, it stinks. As for, would it stink for us as, as you know, wrestle, wrestling dads and, you know, people that we, obviously it's our business is wrestling and it was our life when we were younger, but it's like, okay, let's apply that. All the things you've learned to something else now. Let's go to work, you know? So <laughs> realizing that you're not in control of that is an important thing. Right. Right. You got to surrender the outcome. I mean, ultimately, if you're going to do if you're going to do something, do it yourself. Like if you really have something to prove. You get out there and you run the marathon. Like don't try to don't try to live through your kids. I mean, your job is to father. Again, your kid has many friends. You've got one father. It's your job is to make them a good person. It's yeah. like so you got to keep that perspective and be the, and be that person. Yes, you want them to be the very best they can be. But wrestling is just a sport. Like I get it. We all want to win. You could encourage them if they don't want to do it. They don't have to do it. They do need to have some health and fitness in their life. Like that, that is important. That's a necessary thing for you to communicate as a, as, as a father or mother to your children. But as far as do they have to wrestle and be a serious wrestler? No, they don't. And ultimately, if that's going to make them miserable, why would you want that for them? So that's just some food for food for thought. You know, you're trying to you're trying to build a champion, but really look, look a little bit deeper and say, what is a champion? And it's and it's more than just a wrestler. It's life. Yep. Last thing I'd say, maybe some mental strategies for kids. Right. So maybe, you know, when I think of young elementary school wrestlers who are probably not ready for a one on one coaching yet. Right. The one on one coaching is a bread or bread and butter of wrestling mindset. You know, middle school, high school, college, you know, international level. It's like one on one coaching is, is really what you got to be doing before that. It's like, what are some things that a young wrestler just getting started? Maybe their first few years of wrestling they could be doing or maybe the parent could be helping them do mentally. Right. First couple of years of wrestling, what the parent could be doing? Yes. You need to, you need to make sure that you're li- that you're living that lifestyle yourself. I said that we had a great talk with the with the, some of the coaches here. They were saying a lot of the parents, the kids lack grit, right? The emotional resiliency. But yeah, if you make it all about winning, that's the simplest way to shoot the resiliency. It's a kid's first year of the sport, early years. It's like there's going to be people who just have naturally more talent, people who've gone through more growth and development than them. And some kids just frankly care a little bit more than they just actually care more than they do. It's like some kids just can hone in better on a task at a young age. And if all you're thinking about is winning and the kids succeeding, it's not just what you say. It's also your body language in reference to that. If they see you're real excited when they're when they're when they're winning and then like, you know, whatever. And and then you keep like constantly giving them this talk. They need to have this talk once they lose. It's like that's not healthy. They realize that that's where you start to get the emotional burnout. 
So the coaches that the coaches and parents that are concerned with grit and emotional resiliency, you could buffer a lot of that just by making sure you're talking about the right things. Don't make it so outcome related. Otherwise, kids, what's deflating is when a kid feels like they're so far behind. And a lot of times they are far behind. Like we said before, you got to get a lot better. But at, but at the same time, if you're focused on improvement and all I'm trying to do is be a little bit better today than I was yesterday, that's manageable. A kid can do that. And a kid can understand, hey, you know, you could you could have put in a little bit more effort today or today your effort was really good. Your attitude is really good. You know, you're you're more aggressive out there on your feet. That's a good thing. Let's let's keep that up. So chunking down action focus rather than outcome. I like it. You brought up something. I, I saw this Jake Herbert. I think it was on his podcast, someone else's podcast. He's talking about the success success curve, the reverse hockey stick. I wrote it down during it. So I got to give him his his due here. A success in time graph. Are you able to see that? Yep. So success in time. Basically, the dotted line is people think they're going to improve like this. They're going to have success linearly, right, at that 45-degree angle. What happens is it starts slow. You got to tilt it more. You got to bring it. You got to. There we go. Yep. See that graph? When people start to quit is down here. It's like they think they're going to be up here. Can you see that here, the dotted line? Yeah. They think they're going to be up here, but they're still down here. And then it starts to curve up that way. So they quit when they don't feel like their time is, is worth it. Right. It's like they they feel like they, they, <laughs> what's that? Right before they had their breakthrough. Right before the breakthrough. So it's like they feel like you said, you mentioned you mentioned they, they don't feel like it's paying off. Right. They feel like they're far behind. So part of it is understanding that, you know, it takes time. But I think showing the graph is actually important when they're when they're old enough. It's like, you know, a young kid, first grader, second grader. This probably isn't going to mean too much to them, but. But getting that across to them that, you know, it's going to take a little bit of time. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're going to break through those plateaus and, and really develop. So you got to make sure really what I'd say is like it's really got to be fun around this point, too, because it's like, you know, the people now it's like they're five, six, seven years in the sport. And they're like, how come I'm not as good as this guy? How come I'm not? You know, I don't feel like I'm close to being competitive for whatever it is. It's like, you know, so it's, it's, it's got to be fun here. Otherwise, it's, it's easy to quit. You know, and you're not seeing the success that you feel that you deserve. Exactly. So the the, emo, the emotional resiliency can be buffered by by focusing on the right things, small, manageable goals that pertain to yourself. You getting a little bit better than yesterday. And then over and over, you have to say just trusting the process like you're getting better, reassuring your kid that if they're going to practices and they're trying, they're getting better. I mean, we're so quick to point out, it's like they do, if they do anything where they, you know, they take a backward step, remember they're kids. Sometimes they're going to, they're going to zone, sometimes they're going to zone out. Sometimes they're going to revert back to some old behaviors. And we're all guilty of this where, where then, you know, we get on them for, for that. But we have to remember that as, as long as they're doing this and they keep, they're moving in the right direction, ultimately, they're showing up to practice. Ultimately, that's a good thing. They're going to, and also at a young age, I don't know if you really want to necessarily call it practice. I realized I was doing that with my son, my three-year-old son. I bring him over to Austin Walls, overflow, and, it's to, and tell him, it's like, oh, we're going to wrestling practice. It's like, the kid's three. You're not going to wrestling practice. You're going to wrestling. Like, yeah. go to wrestling. Have some fun. And he's yeah. got great perspective. And Austin's got, God bless him, he's got great perspective on it. So he's a, the kids are having fun. Yeah, they're doing some wrestling, but it's not, it's not like, oh, hey, it's super competitive. The kids are laughing. They're having, you know, oh, I scored two points. I think it's in. I scored two points. They're, they're having fun. That's what matters. Do the kids zone? Do kids zone out from time to time? Sure. Sometimes they don't follow directions. Sometimes they're slapping each other upside the head. The kids, but you know what? They learn. 
we're hearing the smiles and laughter, and that's really what you want to see. So you do all that as a parent, and you at least if you have that in your mind, and keep rewatch the video a few times so this really sinks in. And if you live that way, you give the best chance to make your child a champion in wrestling, school, future career, and life. Mindset makes the difference. We'll see you next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.